wonder, do you ever struggle to believe that God is listening to you when you pray? No, I'm not asking if you believe that God is there and can hear you. That's not what I mean. I'm asking if you ever feel like you are, are stuck in the midst of trial and that God is not listening to your prayer. That probably rings true right now for a lot of people from LCPC and people in other congregations around the world. There are a great many things that are weighing on a great many people. Maybe those things are directly related to the coronavirus pandemic. Maybe they are indirect effects of the pandemic, or it is still possible that you are troubled by something that is completely unrelated to the world's affairs. We still have burdens from before, and that will stay here after the present crisis is ended. Whatever the case, if your troubles have lingered with you for very long, it is easy to feel like you are banging on a steel door when you are praying. I think that one of our chief fears as Christians is that God isn't actually listening to us. That fear most often, I think, grows out of a more principled fear that God does not want to be good to us, but begrudgingly blesses us. Supposedly, Martin Luther once said that man's greatest fear is that God is not for us, but against us. We know that we are sinners. Even as people forgiven by Jesus, we never really forget that we deserve God's displeasure, to say the least. It is, therefore, really hard to process in our hearts, at the gut level, the reality of actual divine forgiveness and what that means for our prayer life. And we easily bring that reservation about the truth into the way that we pray. Sometimes that general doubt causes us to feel like God is not listening. Other times it genuinely seems like God is taking so long to come through for us that he couldn't be paying attention. We have pleaded so long and vigorously with probably righteous motives that God would have responded if he had paid attention to our prayers. Psalm 28 helps us to give voice to those feelings. We look at the first two verses of Psalm and see how David cries out, likely feeling exactly that way. To you, O Lord, I call my rock. Be not deaf to me, lest, if you be silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. When I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. David here acknowledged first that 
He called upon God because God is his rock. David is not ignorant of how God has been good to him and and has been the solid foundation of his life. He knows that God is his protector and the source of his strength. Still, David also felt the need to plead with God, not just for his actual needs, but even just to hear his prayer. Some people think David wrote this psalm while he was on the run from King Saul. If you were in that position where the king had decided to hate you and pursue you to kill you, um, and you had carried on in that situation for some time, then you too might begin to feel as though God were not listening to you. David cried out that God would not be deaf to him. So as I I emphasized the last time from Psalm 26, David stated the reason that God should respond to him. He pleaded, he petitioned God with reasons. So he said, lest he become like those who go down to the pit. It, It might be tricky to grasp what David meant there because uh, I don't think he believed that there was a chance that he might go to hell. That's certainly not what I think he meant. Uh, I think he meant that if God does not soon respond to him, then he would become like those who do not have hope as they face death. He meant that God needed to come to his aid or else he felt like he would wane in his ability as a frail human being to trust fully in God's promises, and he would become more hopeless. In verse 2, he reasserted the same plea that God would truly hear him. David was forceful uh, and putting it for God in prayer that he thought God needed to pay attention to him and now. Christian, have you ever felt like God is not listening? Have you felt like you have prayed and prayed and prayed, but yet God had not yet provided relief for your time of struggle? We can say a few things about that, even from the psalm, can't we? First, if you feel that way, you are clearly not alone. David, the man after God's own heart, felt the need to let God know that he feared that God was not actually listening. Perhaps you are in a lingering season of trial right now. You need to go before God and plead for him to listen, if that's how you feel. But we can point to a few reasons why it's so important that we might need this model of prayer in this altar. God put it in his scripture to teach us multiple things, many things, certainly. And we can consider a few. We need to see that even when we feel 
like God may not be listening to us. It is not an excuse to accuse God of wrongdoing. David did quite the opposite in this psalm. He did not claim that God needed to respond because God had faltered in his duties. He cried out to God that he needed to listen to David because David was weak and needed his rock. The second thing we can say from this psalm about David pleading with God to hear him is that sometimes we might have to wrestle deeply with God in prayer. I have a fear that we might romanticize uh, the idea of wrestling with God at times, as if it means joyous hours of peaceful prayer before the Lord in expectation of an answer. That can be sometimes. David shows us that sometimes, though, God's people feel broken and frustrated. God's timing in answering our prayers is far from an excuse for when we get mad at God, if, if we feel like he's not hearing us, but prompts us to take our desires and motivations for those desires before God in a more open and raw way. Sometimes that means repentance and yet still honesty. I said last week that we should make more use of the word because in our prayers, because we need to wrestle with God for what we want and why we want it. God deals with us according to our needs, for sure. But he also deals with us according to our hearts. We may want something that is well and good, and that's not problematic in itself. But God may still need to deal with us in our hearts about why we want it. He might stretch us so that we deal with him about that side of our prayer life. Now, verses 3 to 5 in this psalm call curses upon David's enemies. There's a little bit of a debate about whether or not Christians should pray uh, these types of portions from the Psalms that ask God to smite our enemies. I, I don't have time to enter that debate tonight. That's a bit aside from the point that I, I want to focus on, which is really from verses 1 and 2. But but if you listen to my sermon from Second Thessalonians 1, again, you can probably gather where I stand about that issue. I, I do think it's important to note, either way, that David is not praying curses on his boss who was mean to him in a cubicle or praying curses on some guy who bumped him on the tube. His enemies were murderous killers. There, there was a real dynamic of, of justice at work in this instance. And I think that we can take away from that um, the point that we should be praying that God will act for justice and against our challenges. We probably shouldn't pray uh, 
God's curses upon people for superficial things, but we can pray that he would act fiercely uh, for the sake of justice. We can pray that he would act decisively against wrong things that challenge us. Very few, if any of you listening, have enemies that are looking to kill you like David's enemies were. But certainly, you can pray robustly against the challenges in your life. And in line with that, I should point out too that David's prayers were not flat. There was some color, so to say, a robustness in his prayers against his his enemies when he asked that God would tear them down and build them up no more. Perhaps some people uh, find prayer boring because we don't speak in a lively enough way to God. Now, we have to be reverent. I get that. And I want to reassert that this is not a way that we can become flippant with our God. But we can get honest with him. And I think sometimes Christians who prize respectability think that God isn't aware of how we're actually churning in our hearts so we don't say those things to him. We should really bring our needs to him, though. We remain aware that he is the God of the universe and so deserves our worshipful reverence, but he has made himself into our Father in heaven. And now that brings us back to our initial concern as we think about verses 6 to 9, that fear that God isn't listening. David praised God for in these verses, in these final verses, for being the one who hears his people and comes to the rescue. And I need to put a fine point on this at this place in this message. If you're not a Christian, God does not hear your prayers. God does not listen to you if you try to speak to him in godlessness or selfishness, as if you can just come to him when you want something new and helpful for your life. God will remain deaf to those who are outside of Christ. But he does invite us all to come to Christ. There is a free offer to approach the Father through the Son, Christ's incarnate ministry, his life, death, resurrection, and present intercession made it possible for us to become God's children. And we read in John 17 of Christ praying this prayer of the uh, upheld anointed one in John 17. He is praying for us. And so we know that God certainly listens to his children because we are his children in Christ. And he invites us all to flee to Christ by faith. If you do not believe that gospel about Jesus, now is the time to do so. God is happy 
to listen to your prayers if you come to him by faith in Jesus. If you are a Christian then, that has profound implications for your life. It means that you should rest assured that God always has open ears for you. Make use of that. It is far from a small thing to be heard by the God of the universe. And we can come to him because of Jesus Christ. And so, now, let's turn to him and pray. Father God, we bow at your awesome mercy. We give you praise that you are the strength of your people, that you are the saving refuge of those who belong to you. And that even though there are times when we may feel as though you aren't listening, we know that that is not true. You will hear us as we cry. You will respond to our prayers. We know that we can feel overwhelmed by things of this world. But God, you are our rock and our salvation. You hear our pleas for mercy. You are our strength and shield. And our hearts trust in you. And we are helped. We confess how easy it is to despair right now. How easy it is to find ourselves giving in to feelings of distress. Perhaps doubting that you hear us. Perhaps doubting that you are enthused to be good to us. And we repent of that. We repent of our fears. We repent of the ways that we don't trust you in fullness. And we ask your forgiveness. We do, Lord, give you thanks, though, that we know because of Christ and his intercession for us now that you do hear us. And so we come before your throne of grace to find help in time of need. Many of us have challenges, Lord, and we pray that you, who are mighty over all, would be at work to throw them down. We know that the world is faced with a crisis like those of our generation have not known, at least. But God, we know that you, who are present everywhere, can eliminate, eradicate molecules of viruses. And God, we pray, Lord, that you would be swift and mighty to destroy this plague that is changing the world. But God, in this time, as we wait for you to respond for that, to bring us to where we can meet together again as your church, that is one of the reasons why we are so eager for you to answer this prayer. 
Lord, is so that we can gather as your people under the name of Christ in public to proclaim your word, to receive your blessings as we are supposed to, to celebrate in word and sacrament together, God, to the praise of your name as we wait and as we do watch the world change. We pray that you would use it for good. That because of this, you would shut the mouths of those who have opposed your church. You would make them silent. That you would show them how quickly their comforts and their supposed elite status on the global playing field can crumble because of molecules that they cannot even see. Or if you're going to change the world, change it for the better. We know that there are things that need to be repaired and cares that need to be met. But Lord, we pray that your people come out of this time stronger. Globally, bring justice for the church and protection. Make her to meet in prosperity and peace in more places. But God, also individually, make us strong. And overcome those things that stand against us. Provide for people in their jobs. Help them meet the needs of their families. Uphold them in their places, so to speak, of work. In their vocations. Keep them there and meet their needs. Help us as the church to care for them well. And help us to be praying people. Help us to learn from these psalms to pray like David. And to do so full of racing because of Christ, always turning back to Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.